You are listening to the Model Train Talk podcast. Each episode, RJ and I discuss various topics about the world's greatest hobby, model trains. The purpose of this podcast is to help promote, inspire, and bring a breath of fresh air to the hobby. Recording the podcast makes it possible to share stories of others and to help grow the model train community. Thank you for listening to the Model Train Talk podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Model Train Talk podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about everything Christmas and trains. So today we have Steve, Matt, RJ, and Sid. How are you all doing today? Doing good. Good. How are you? Good. I'm glad we're all together and we're able to talk trains. I feel like we've been all so busy and now we get to sit down and talk about Christmas and trains. So I'm going to shoot the question to the group out here. What is your favorite memory involving Christmas and trains and why was it significant to you? Anyone can go first. Shoot your gun. I had to think about it for a second. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I, can, I, can, uh, I can start. So uh, probably my, one of my best memories with trains and Christmas was um, – I I, well, I came downstairs. Uh, I was probably around uh, seven or eight years old. It was like one of my second Christmas. Um, it was like after I got my first train set. I came downstairs, and I at the time I was like really into um, New York Central. I still am, but I was really into New York Central stuff at the time. And I had been begging for just one this one Lionel gondola that was a New York Central gondola, and. I come downstairs to find uh, 20 of them from Santa Claus. <laughs> I asked for one and I got 20 and the, the quantity just blew me away. Um, it, it was just out of this world. And then a couple months uh, later, I think, uh, yeah, my dad bought me a, a Hudson to pull them, which was just amazing. So just the quantity itself for being a seven or eight year old to get that much stuff in one, one, at one time was just amazing. That's probably one of my uh, best memories um, with trains and Christmas. And I have more. It's always just, just, just trains in general. And Christmas is just amazing. It's the, um, it's the one time of the year where um, trained people are, I guess, considered nerdy or whatever you want to call it uh, most of the time. But when it comes to Christmas, everyone um, embraces it. And it's just part of Christmas. The, seeing a train under a Christmas tree is just, it's it's a normal thing that just becomes normal and um it's just the spirit is that's what it's about for me and many others so i guess with, with me particularly when it comes to Christmas, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to do with myself because i had an experience um with the nasa lino operating engineers who i guess at this point we're all very familiar with on this show um in particularly, this was my first or second year at the at, at being a member of the club, and it was my first. I think it was my first Christmas show, which is very popular around Long Island. It's probably one of the, our biggest shows, if not our biggest show. We do the first two weekends of December every single year since the club's been chartered. And what we did, um, we had an email from a mother. Um, contact us saying that her son you know absolutely you know loves trains is really excited to see our show for the first time in person because the kid the boy seen our videos on youtube 
and particularly his favorite train is the Southern Pacific Daylight. So we got an email, a wide email um, from our club president saying, who has a daylight, a premier daylight that we can bring down to the show. Um, so we, we luckily we had a member who had a full, uh, a premier set, a full engine and seven passenger cars, brings it down onto the layout, you know, before the, the, the child came down. He came down like we got a, we got word, like it was all over our radios, like the kid was here. And I happened to be in the tower at the time. I had the pleasure and privilege to pull the locomotive out of the station. And the second that the, the kid saw it come around the bend, it was the most beautiful. I get choked up every time I talk about it. Seeing his smile, it, it's, it's the magic of trains and Christmas that just makes this time of year so special and why I love being in this hobby so much. Um, it was pure joy just hearing that whistle come down and blowing it loud and proud for him and him just being overjoyed, pointing at it, saying that that's it. You know, it, it, it was something I'll never forget. It's truly something, it's just something about trains and Christmas that just really, like, will stand the test of time. It's a very touching yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's perfect. The daylight's a perfect engine. That, 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 the color scheme of that, and that's a, that's a perfect engine to, for a, kid, a young person to like. It's yeah. very vibrant. It's, it's like, it's, it's as iconic in my mind as, the Santa Fe F3. It's just that it's very vibrant and you ruined my story set. <laughs> oh no, you spoiled it. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll talk about my story now. Thanks for the segue, Sid. Um, so I've talked about this many times on the show, but my first train set, I Santa brought me when I was in kindergarten or first grade and I watched the uh, TMB I Love Toy Train series parts one through six religiously when I was younger. You know, if I wasn't watching Thomas the Tank Engine, I was watching that. And I, I've probably worn out those VHS tapes over the years. But the one engine that always stuck out to me time and time again was the Lionel post-war F3 set. And just the colors, the, the lights, shining off of the aluminum body of the passenger cars. Um, I just fell in love with the set. And that year for Christmas, I extended to bring me that Lionel Santa Fe F3 set. Well, as we know, the, the original post-war set cost a lot of money. And at the time, Lionel wasn't producing a Santa Fe F3 starter set. So Santa brought me the MTH Rail King Santa Fe F3 starter set. And I, I plan on doing a video on it at the time we're recording this. Um, if this is recorded on Christmas Day or afterwards, it should already be up on my channel of me running that first set, running it and talking about it a little bit more in depth because there's a whole nother story behind it. I actually ended up trashing the locomotive and I recently picked up a replacement locomotive for it. But I think almost every year I've been alive, even before I was collecting electric trains, there was always a train underneath the Christmas tree. You know, I'd set up the Thomas Wooden Railway around the bottom of the Christmas tree and I'd get something, you know, Thomas Wooden Railway related for Christmas. So trains and Christmas for me, you know, goes back to the beginning. It's 
a beautiful story and a great segue into your video, uh, RJ. All right, Steve, what do you have for us? Okay, uh, well, uh, Santa Fe, my brother had that. So of course I had to acquire one later in life. Um, the Daylight, I had that set. That was a gift from my wife to me. I still have the passenger cars and I have the F3s to go with it. I also have um, the, uh, what is it? The Black Widow in the diesel to pull it as well. Um, but every Christmas, there was always that one or two boxes that were orange under the tree and whatnot. They were always special. And uh, I think the guys have got to know that uh, through the years, my family has supported this hobby and uh, my collection just continues to grow. So, um, but Christmas always meant you were gonna get something Lionel. And uh, we didn't run it under the tree. We would take it downstairs to the layout and uh, run it on the layout. Um, it was a post-war layout. So of course that's the new layout I'm building. I wanted to bring back some of those memories and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of good memories around Lionel trains uh, growing up. And then uh, my uh, nephews and whatnot, uh, they got to see the trains here and uh, we did a lot together. Um, always the trip into New York City to see the display in New York City, the trains. So. A lot of good memories whatnot. that's awesome that's really cool to hear i can't imagine you know back in the day when um did you happen to ever visit the i think it was like a couple lionel stores in new york city at the time when lionel was stationed there or oh the madison hardware yeah yeah no i never got to madison hardware although i have some boxes some trains that uh still you know, have their original boxes, Madison Hardware. Um, through the years, I've acquired a lot of sets from different individuals and whatnot. Most of them needing a lot of tender, loving care, but uh, it's fun bringing them back to life and uh, running them and whatnot. So. I'm sure, yeah, that would be, yeah, that, that's cool. That's cool. So. Yeah, so I guess I'll go ahead and go and I'll share my, my side of the story. Mainly for me, it was getting my grandfather's trains out from the basement in their boxes. Um, I mean, again, I said it before, I really liked the TM Books and Video and Thomas Trains. And so this was like another level up. And so every year I would remember, you know, setting up the tubular track and, you know, running the trains and being eye level with the trains. And then once I ended up starting collecting more, um, we didn't really, I mean, we didn't really put a loop up the track anymore because I had a layout up here. So it was like, why would I need to do one down there if I have one up here? So, um, I mean, I still have a, I actually have a Christmas tree in my room that I decorate with uh, train ornaments and stuff like the Hallmark trade ornaments and whatnot, yeah. which is, which is cool for me. It helps bring that back a little bit as a kid when I would run the trains under the tree. But I mean, I actually made a layout last year. I did like the, I think it's the department 56 village buildings or whatnot. 
and I put a white cloth down and like a loop of track. That was that was pretty cool. But yeah, since I'm not really, I wasn't home this year much at all. Um, you know, they beat me to decorating. So, <laughs> so it's all right. Go ahead. That so, my mom has a quite large uh, department fifty six snow village collection, and so that goes underneath the tree every year. But yeah. this year, under the tree, what we did was is that we dedicated it to first responders. So we put like a grocery store, a firehouse, a hospital, and a police station under the tree. And I've got just a, not even, it's half a loop of tubular track with my uh, 2025 pulling a couple of fire department related freight cars. That's pretty cool. And then on a separate display, because we can't fit any, everything under the tree, um, we've got a whole bunch of other buildings along with the uh, Department 56 Lionel Trains building, which is an awesome building. Uh, and then I've got the post-war rectifier along with a couple of post-war freight cars in front of that as well. So, I'm sure that's a very nostalgic uh, layout if one were to view it. It yeah. probably brings back memories of the, the good old post-war days when post-war and Christmas went together. I think the, the Department 56 Village buildings go really well together with trains. I mean, they they're definitely not do. To scale and proportion, if you're... There's just something about it that just, it, it goes so well. Yeah. My yeah. grandfather had a, a old layout back in the day when these were, when these en engines up here, the, these, these 2343s up here are actually from Madison Hardware. My grandfather bought them brand new when they first released um he when these used to run um in his possession he used to have a big l-shaped layout in his basement um unfortunately there's no photos photos uh that were saved as far as i know um we haven't dug them up i'm sure maybe in the future we will uh, if i ever do i'll let you guys know but my grandfather used to be really big in the trains like really big and i guess that's where my obsession for trains came from um, he used to do Department 56 buildings. He had three main lines and the, the, he had a tiny tree so he can put three giant loops of track under the tree. Um, my mother had fine, fond memories of, of seeing them run back in the day when she was a child. And I, I, I'm with you on that. I think Department 56 and old post-war Lionel trains just works really, really well. Like it's something it wasn't intentional for Department 56 to make their buildings kind of in scale with Lionel trains, but in a weird way, they kind of work. And um, it, it's, it's really cool. It's always cool to see that with the white snow on the ground and everything and all the candle lights and everything. It, it just, it's another cool part of Christmas I always look forward to seeing. So fun fact, back in the 90s, Lionel actually did, had a deal with Department 56 where they made Department 56 branded uh, train sets and freight cars in the whole nine yards. Well, that's cool. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that either. Yeah, that's, oh. that's a cool little factoid right there. Yeah, they've got a lot of useless knowledge up here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. They've partnered with quite a few uh, major corporations. Hallmark, uh, of course, yeah. Disney. Disney saved them quite a few times. Polar Express saved them too. Oh yeah, that's uh, brothers. That was what my Polar Express was my second set. I got the the OG 04 model. I think I my dad bought it from my local store. I, it was like a couple years old at that point. But yeah, that that saved them. And 
Um, yeah, Disney. I think, I think that I'm gonna have to. I'm probably gonna have to purchase a Polar Express um, sometime in the next year. I don't Do have you, it either. Um, Me too. <laughs> just Do because um, I love the movie so much, and I'll get it like in July when it's like at its lowest prices because nobody's yeah. buying the Polar Express in yeah. July. But um, it's it's added to the watch list of things yeah. that I need to look at purchasing. It's a, it's a cool set. I I think I have the original three car set, and I don't know three or three add-on cars like the one with the guy that flips around the hobo car and I think the hot chocolate car and then I think one other I can't remember which car it is but yeah it's it's really it's really funny we we bring up the Polar Express because there's always been this dream of mine to one day I know the the funny thing I, I say it's funny because if you go on eBay right now the legacy version of this set goes for obscene prices right now i got one we talked about it a while ago in our group chat there was one on ebay for ten thousand dollars wow and i i don't understand how it will ever go that high um i find it's it's a dream of mine to eventually own the full scale pure marquette 1225 with the polar express tender and the, the scale heavyweight cars um with the correct observation the really long uh yeah rounded uh observation yeah. um it's a beautiful set the whistle on that thing is exactly from the movie it's a perfect train but i think i'm gonna have to settle for the uh the lion chief set and that's not a bad thing because the newer lion chief set that they just released this year has some of the legacy sounds in it but like obviously a little dumbed down for for kids it's not yeah. like crazy you can't quill the whistle or anything like yeah. that but the chuffing sounds like it's from the, the legacy berkshire and the whistles wow. in there and it's it's a it's a really cool set nonetheless like it's it's always been like that one set like gosh do i really need it like i'm kind of <laughs> so, so i released a video at the point where this is being uploaded but you guys haven't seen it yet because i haven't released it yet at the time we're recording this but i did like a small little wish list of things that i'd like to see from lionel in 2021 and one of the things I'd like to see is a return of the scale legacy Berkshires. Because if if you guys had a guess, when was the last time Lionel did a full scale legacy Berkshire? It was, uh, I think, 2017. I'm going to go oh. even sooner, a little earlier than that. I think the last one, the last run they did was 2015. 2014. Are you talking about the, the Pair Marquette or are you talking about? Pierre Marquette, Polar Express. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was that was a while ago. In 2017, they did the the um, I call it the Mars Light 765. Yeah, they did. That's right. Yep. But yeah, that's when they did the like the Gold Polar Express as well. And then in 2015, they did the Chrome Silver Plated. Yeah, for the 115th anniversary. But it's been it's been a while, and there's actually a Polar Express up on eBay right now because I was doing some research for it and it's like a full-scale bidding war with actual bidders and uh, it's at $3,300 last time I checked so the demand is there I mean Lionel do something about it I feel bad about the guy who's going to pay $3,300 for a locomotive and Lionel comes out with a newer one with you know whistle steam and the whole nine yards and two months but yeah that that engine is people want that again and um it's the 
I, I, I've said this to some people, the Berkshire is probably Lionel's best scale locomotive. It is just a solid engine, especially the sounds. Um, back when they first brought out the first legacy run in 2008-ish, um, those engines were just solid runners, amazing sounds. And ever since then, 765 has probably been one of the best sellers of those engines. The, to, to me, the legacy sounds in it are probably the best in O scale. Probably some of the best sounds you're going to find in model railroading. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the 765 whistle was actually, Lionel went out to record the real 765's whistle. That's why it sounds so crisp. Mm -hmm. um, when you get to quill that thing, like you don't want to stop. It's, it's, it's an amazing sounding locomotive. It's to me, I, that if there's one scale engine I'm willing to pay a, a lot of money for, that's probably it. That or a number 90, if you're listening, Lionel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the one last thing about this Berkshire topic, the one good thing about a black steam locomotive is that Lionel can't mess, uh, mess up the paint on the locomotive. <laughs> yeah come at yeah. me lionel do something about it um they, they can mess up the passenger cars though they messed right. up the yeah. car but i yeah, won't mess up black i i don't intend on ever being as big as eric and being sponsored by lionel but uh <laughs> um so sam did you have any other christmas questions for us we started with we started with trains around the christmas tree and we ended up on 765 so you <laughs> want to steer us back interesting conversation as of now but i can't really contribute anything because i don't even have a polar express set neither fun do fact, i i don't either i man i mean fun fact though as a little kid i was scared of the movie like i watched wow. the movie what was scary I, about the animation is creepy I, I can understand where you're coming from. I wasn't scared myself, but I can just be, I can understand being scared. Of I don't something. know. Something about the, uh, I think it was the, the observation car with all like the, like the old. Oh, whatnot. I know what you're talking about. about. The, just, the, the, the abandoned toy car. The, 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 the yeah. puppets well, yeah, from the ceiling. Yeah, that was a little out there. I will agree with but you. But other than that, it was a good movie. I liked it. It was just that, that yeah. part was like, I was like, was a little oh. kid. I was like, you, uh, you have to give. Yeah not yeah you have to give tom hanks major props for that movie i mean yeah. i love tom hanks because he's just my favorite actor by far but he yeah. does like 90 percent of the voices yes. in that movie mm -hmm. it uh which was done intentionally but yeah mm -hmm. it was that was an amazing movie i i i also look at things um I analyze things a lot and I just always love the fact that from one scene it goes from uh, like six cars, then it goes to 20 cars, then car. it goes to five car. cars, it's, it's yeah. sitting at the North Pole, it's five it's cars. It's so weird. It's, it, it, it's weird what they do with the cars. There's no right or wrong. I see guys yeah. on the OGR forum with their Polar Express sets and they got like 15 cars long. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some of those layouts, those like uh, Christmas display layouts where they'll have like the tunnel, like the disappearing tunnel effect where yes. it like goes in and then it like does like a spiral under and then it like comes back out. I think that's really cool. There's somebody I've seen online. I think it's still on YouTube if you look it up. Some guy made a full replica of the movie. He made the spiral um, mountain yeah. where the, the car curve as it goes around. Right. Yeah, some guy made that, which I was I find very fascinating because you don't see helixes in O scale all that much. Maybe in H O scale you see it a bunch, but in O scale you rarely see it. Yeah, 
That, that was really cool. TW Design, if you call them, you can ask them to build you a Polar Express layout. That's like one of their, or, or yeah. a couple of years ago, that was like one of their main layouts with the, I remember the thing I loved the most was the icicles hanging down from the one tunnel. Last thing I want to mention about the Polar Express movie, it has the single most relatable line, at least for me, in any movie. And it's when the kid go, gets into the cab of the engine and he blows a whistle and he says that I've been wanting to do that my whole life. Oh, and it's like, I'm 20 years old and I feel the exact same way. Unrelatable. <laughs> yeah. So relatable. All right. The next topic I have today is, so Steve has been, he mentioned earlier in the podcast that he is working on a new post-war type of layout. So Steve, you want to talk about that a little bit? I know you've had some videos up on your YouTube channel about it. So if you haven't seen those, go check those out. I'll put a couple in the description of this video. But Steve, how is the post-war layout coming along? Uh, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Uh, the track's all laid. I had uh, all of the switches were working. And today I put one of the sidings, I powered it, and now the switch doesn't work. So I gotta go inside the mountain, tear it apart, and but uh, now it's coming along good. Um, I'm ready. I worked on the uh, COVID unloader and I got that working. I had uh, parts were missing. I finally found them. I mean, the, I got it years ago and it got separated the parts and whatnot. So I got it all back together. And of course, trying to tie that little cord with these fingers, uh, but I managed, I got that and uh, it's working pretty good. So now it'll just be putting the switch in and getting the power line over to it. But uh, the tracks all bolted down on that segment. I have the um, cattle corral to work on over there. Um, it's in place, it should you know, work. But, and then I've got the one other siding for the um, milk stand that I have to wire the unloading track and whatnot. So, uh, but yeah, all of the lights are done. All of the uh, crossing gates are working. The uh, switchmen come out and whatnot. Uh, so it's coming along. It's, yeah, it's nice to see it. And in fact, talking about the uh, um, Christmas, you know, I did a Christmas, um, I had two different trains, the Hallmark train, and of course the uh, Polar Express, I was running on that layout and whatnot. So uh, that layout made it easy to put snow on and I can remove it later. Uh, I didn't want to do that on my regular layout. That's a little more involved to get the snow up and uh, <laughs> not damage the uh, turf and whatnot, so. But uh, yeah, I'm very pleased with it. Uh, um, most everything's operational on it at this point. In fact, tomorrow I've got uh, two young guys coming over with their families. They wanna see the layout. So it'll be nice to have all the trains. There should be, I'll have 12 different uh, loops running at the same time, so. That'll be exciting. I'm sure that's oh, yeah. a lot of action down there. Oh yeah, because you figure there's four on the new layout and then there's uh, seven on the old and the ceiling loop. So yeah, eight. Go. 
Trains everywhere. Yep. <laughs> and another idea I've been toying with is putting the camera up on the upper loop and doing a fly around of the major layout from the upper loop. I want to see how that'll come out, but uh, it'll give a different perspective on the layout. So definitely. Yeah, that'll yeah. be cool. Sounds cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you mentioned the post-war accessories. Obviously, the post-war milk stain is my favorite, but my uh, grandfather actually has the uh, the cattle corral one, the one where it like, it like shakes and the cows move along like the little track and they go in. Right. The yeah, I have. I don't have the the correct track piece for it to make it work, but um, I'm thinking about getting another piece like that and seeing if I can get that to work again. But I obviously don't have room on the layout, but I want to make sure I can get it working again and making sure all the parts run and stuff like that. Yeah, because it's just a regular track, and they the stand itself has the two pieces that come up between the tubular track mm -hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. So. Isn't there pins under the cattle car though that like help it help the uh, cows to go along on the uh, the car itself? Uh, it's been a long time since I've gotten it out. Yeah, the the stand is um is a, is a tin stand just like the milk car, um, but unlike the milk car stand, it has the electrical tabs built into the stand. Right. So um, you can just use a regular piece of straight track to. Um, activate it. All you have to do is have a controller to activate it or transformer. Okay. So there isn't there like a, so you have like the little, the piece that the, uh, the sled runs underneath the, the truck on the car. Isn't there a metal piece that you slip in and there's, there's one, there's one that's an for O gauge track, like the one I have on my layout and there's a smaller one for O 27, right? Um, I, I think they might have done that at some point. Um, it, I, there's so many vari variations of stuff during the post-war right. era. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's how you set them on. Yeah. You flip it over for O27 and O gauge is the other way, I believe. Mm, okay. might, might be. I'll look into it more. It's been a long time since I've gotten it out, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll definitely so, I, I have parts if you need, because I have a couple okay. of them, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so I have also... Okay. Also interesting, talking about this cattle stand in the mill car, Lionel actually just came out with, it was in their 2020 volume one catalog, but it, they just released it. It is a like O scale, like 148 scale box car painted up like the mill car, like the post-war mill car. And it's, it operates too. And it comes with the milk stand in the whole nine yards. So uh, it's nice little way Lionel paying tribute to their O27 line for those 148 guys out there and that reminds, that reminds me of the uh the scale turban they painted up with lionel lines i remember them doing that but uh, yeah. sam you were gonna say something imagine having that one next to the original <laughs> yeah. uh, sam you can make that happen that's a cool yeah. shot mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah the size I, difference yeah i actually have the uh ornament of the milk car and i put oh, yeah. it to the uh the actual milk car that I have on the layout. And it was, that was weird. So imagine having one, two, and then like three. Like, well, uh -huh. they also issued a box car and it had the doors. It didn't have the mechanism inside, but mm -hmm. it was use of the same parts. Because mm -hmm. I have that as well. 
interesting sitting down there so, okay. am i the only one who wants to see them bring back the exploding box car uh, i've got a couple of those if <laughs> My my idea is is they make they've been doing a lot of these fun cars with fun sound effects in them. Right. So I wonder if they could do like not necessarily a vision line car, but a car where the car has a mechanism where you push the legacy on the legacy remote, you can activate a mechanism that will make the thing blow up by itself and have like a sound effect or something like that. I always find it cool. Like there, there's a few vision, there is a few like post-war cars that we haven't seen in the modern day in a long time. Mm-hmm. The, the one I always wanted to see back, I don't know if Steve, you might remember it. They, you, when they did the military stuff, they had a car that basically had like these little uh, fans in them where you can have the balloons for the target. Uh, right, right. That that's probably one of the few cars that hasn't made a return in what seems like forever. Forever. Uh, they did one ten years ago. I want to yeah. say, ten fifteen that. years ago. Yeah, I have that the remake. It was, it's actually my brother's. He he has some stuff, and that's one of the items I. When I didn't have mountains on my older layout, I would run it around and just. I loved watching the balloon run around and just not it just stay above the car. Yeah. And the, the cool part about the post-war one was it used batteries. You open it up and you put um, batteries on the inside and um, unlike the newer one, which used track power. So do any of you have any closing thoughts before we end the episode today? Um, uh, I guess I want to yeah. just mention it real fast. Yeah, um, sure. Go right ahead. It, it's something that, you know, you know, might appease to a few guys out there listening to the show. Um, recently, uh, over the last couple weeks, um, RJ's shown it off. Sid's wearing one right now. I started a, uh, a t-shirt company, um, for basically all railroad apparel. Oh my God, Steve, I did not know you were the one who bought that shirt. Oh my God, that looks, that looks amazing. That makes us all the better. Wow. That's a great shirt. I, I saw that got sold on my site, but I, it doesn't tell me who buys it. That's an amazing shirt. Actually, that looks great. Um, I, st- I started the company not too long ago, that maybe two weeks ago, and I decided I wanted to make some different designs for railroaders out there because I go to railroad shows all the time and I see the same old shirts. It's NS shirts. It's Pennsylvania shirts. It's, um, you know, all these railroads that you see all the time. So I wanted to make a site that has basically, you name a railroad, I'm going to have something for it. I have Ontario and Western. I have... Uh, Sid's wearing the Crusader. I have a bunch of Long Island stuff that you just don't see other people make. I got every everything you can make from shirts to long sleeves to hoodies. I have clothing for, for girls, uh, toddlers, uh, young kids. I, I basically making it a site by a passionate railroader for a passionate railroader. So I, I, I definitely want, want to stress that out there. If you guys are interested, it's Maddie C Trains on Teespring. Um, I'm doing a special promo code for all the Model Train Talk podcast listeners and viewers. I'm doing a special uh, 25% off sale before uh, Christmas. So from when this goes live, the sale will still be live on Christmas Day. I'm going to have it at least till December 26th, December 27th. If you go to checkout, you use promo code MTTPOD and you'll get 25% off anything off my site. So uh, I, I definitely appreciate the uh, all the guys out there who have purchased from me so far. Obviously the quality is terrific. It's better than what I was expecting. And I, I really hope everyone out there can enjoy it. 
Yeah, I'm looking yep. forward to mine. Uh, I ended up ordering a Blue Comet logo sweatshirt. So that'll be really cool. But yeah. So I got an NNW long sleeve t-shirt and I need to place an order for a couple other things on your store that I like. But uh, rest assured, I ordered before Matt nice. figured out how to do promote promo codes. So <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> that promo saying. code applies yeah. to the guys on this Yeah, you couldn't tell too. us of the promo code before he... <laughs> Listen, the code's the code the code's good for all of you in this room right now. So <laughs> after this goes live, the code will be up. So you get a discount. There we go. It's all good. Yeah, but thank you, Matt. And I thank everyone for coming on the podcast tonight. This has been another episode of the Model Train Talk Podcast, and we will see you guys in the next episode.